1: listeners, and welcome to Sailing the East podcast. I'm Bala Musitz.
0: And I'm Mike Wasserman.
1: This is our podcast about sailing the East Coast of the United States. In some episodes, we'll focus on passages and destinations. In other episodes, we'll talk about boats, equipment, and techniques. And when we come across an interesting person, we'll try to get them to be a guest on the show.
0: What makes this podcast unusual is that only one of us sails.
1: Yeah, that would be me, Baylor. I've been sailing for over 30 years. Not across oceans, but on lakes and coastal cruising along the east coast of the United States.
0: And I, Mike, know very little about sailing. As a matter of fact, I don't even really know port from starboard and attack is something other kids put on my chair right before I sat on it when I was in elementary school. So, I will ask most of the questions and Baylor will try to answer.
1: So, Mike, let me actually ask you a question. This is our seventh episode. What do you think of this sailing thing so far?
0: Well, Bela, I'm learning a lot so far. I like mixing in some new knowledge about the technical aspects of sailing uh, that you shared, along with hearing especially about the places you've sailed to. Uh, you know, You know me. I like to hear about the restaurants, and I like to hear about the architecture and the history and that stuff, too. So, you know, it's a neat mix. So full speed ahead from my perspective. Now, Bela, in our last episode, you gave us some great history and shared your impressions of Port Washington and Manhasset Harbor on the north shore of Long Island, New York. Where are we off to today? Well, today,
1: Mike, I wanted to talk about why is the east coast of the United States uh, such a great sailing destination? Um, It's vast. It's a remarkable region to sail in. And uh, it draws on most of the things we talk about. Uh, uh, Excuse me. It reminds me here that most of the things we talk about is not just for sailors, but it's for boaters in generals, right? So for anybody who is boating, likes to check out new sites, uh, likes to learn about new destinations, uh, and maybe a little bit about some techniques and meet some interesting people.
0: This is True Bela. We are a podcast that values diversity and inclusiveness when it comes to boats and boaters, but go on.
1: Yeah, so today we're going to talk about this great landscape of the East Coast uh, from Maine all the way down to Key West, Florida. Uh, it's about 1,800 nautical miles, uh, and there's some amazing sailing uh, along this stretch of the United States. Uh, and, and let me tell you why, at least why I think so. First of all, if you like sailing for many, many days in a row and you like being out in the ocean, you can make this a nonstop trip, right? You can, you can do the excuse me the 1800 nautical miles uh non-stop uh somewhere probably on a sailboat between 15 to 20 days sailing 24 hours a day uh or if you're more like me uh you can make the whole trip during the daylight hours you don't have to sail overnight uh you can stop uh, each night in a marina or an anchorage so the whole coast is littered with places where you can pull in and rest uh And in other ways, too, if you want to try sailing overnight or you want to try to do a two or three day trip nonstop, uh, if you're sailing 10 miles or 20 miles offshore, uh, you always have the option that if you find that it's not for you or if the weather turns or you have some problems with the boat, it's a short trip into shore. So it's not like you're going across an ocean. Uh, or you're sailing to Bermuda, where you're 600 miles away from land, and if you know, someone gets sick, or you have a problem, or the weather turns on you, you gotta, you got to power through it, and, and that's great. A lot of people love doing that, and that's wonderful, uh, but for those of us who are trying to maybe try these things out a little bit, uh, it's a great variety, and I think that's one of the beautiful things about this, this whole
0: uh, East Coast. Absolutely and from a historical standpoint Bela this kind of makes sense right the modern history of the United States can be traced to its waterways and that starts with at the Atlantic coast so it makes sense that there's this kind of in- intensity of um, urban development right along the east coast the the natural geography allows it and this is how the country was built from the 1700s um, so yeah and you know as you talked about in the last episode about New York City seeing these cities from the water i would imagine gives you a really different and thought provoking uh, perspective. Bela, how does the coastline evolve as you move south from Maine?
1: Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. You, you have large cities, you know, like Boston and New York, uh, and, and then you have smaller cities uh, that many of them are smaller towns or hamlets uh, that you've never heard of that you can stop along the way. So it's really interesting because there's large stretches of wilderness, right? And Maine, the Maine coast, uh, Boston, um, Massachusetts coast is very rocky, uh, lots of islands, uh, and, and the water's cold, uh, many uninhabited islands. And as you sort of work your way down through, let's say, Long Island Sound in New York City, uh, the population density starts going up, uh, you see more cities, more towns, more people, more boats, uh, and as you work your way down to, uh, the Delaware Bay and, and the Chesapeake. Uh, Here, you you, again, you start getting uh, much more uninhabited. You get lots and lots of bays to anchor in uh, in the Chesapeake Bay. Chesapeake Bay is just a wonderful place to sail. Uh, It's abundant with wildlife. Uh, And then you can actually, once you get to the Chesapeake, you have a choice. As long as your boat is less, or your mast in a sailboat is less than 65 feet off the water, uh, you can go down something called the Intercoastal Waterway, which you can go all the way from uh, Norfolk, Virginia, all the way down to Key West, Florida, and not go out in the ocean. You can basically do it through a canal and a connection of sort of inland bodies of water, um, which is very nice if the weather's bad. Uh, for, as a sailor, you're going to motor most of that way down. Uh, and, and the reason it's 65 feet or less is because that's the, the, the lowest bridges that are there that don't open, right? So the fixed bridges are have a 65-foot height. So you have to be able to squeeze underneath them. Uh and and I've made that trip and, and that trip is just marvelous because it's 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 wilderness. Many parts of it, particularly the parts through uh Virginia and North Carolina, it's just wilderness. And then as you start going south, you start getting nicer and nicer, uh, more and more residential areas. You get down to Florida, for example, and that's where you, you know, go buy the multi million dollar homes that are right on the canal or the waterways. So it's just a great diversity of sort of uh, experiences that you can have. And um, it's really, really cool. That's cool.
0: Can you share some of the highlights?
1: So I think for me, uh, and of course with you, Mike, it's all about food if I remember correctly. <laughs> so,
0: well, not all about food, but it's important to me, yes. Yeah, yeah.
1: and it, that's great. So I think some of the best places that you come across are what I call generically these seafood shacks. They're, they're sort of a combination place where boats, the fishing boats dock, unload their catch, and there's probably a wholesaler there, right, who buys the, the fish, the crabs, whatever. Uh, but oftentimes, there's also a little restaurant there. And I mean, this is fresh fish off the boat, right? And it's, and and you never know what they're going to have because it sort of depends what they catch. And I mean, there is seasonality to it, uh, but it's superb. And, and, you know, in each town that you go through, and I, and and my experience is every town that I've ever been into has at least one really good place to eat. It may not look like a great place to eat on the outside. (laughs) So you got to find them. Sometimes you got to take some risk or you got to ask around, but every town has at least one really great place to eat. And on this trip from Maine all the way down to Florida, I mean, you can get breakfast for $5. Or, you know, you can stop in Atlantic City on, on the way where you can have an all-you-can-eat buffet. <laughs> or on some of the larger towns like New York City or Boston or, or Charleston, you know, there's just really elegant, elegant places uh, to dine. So you have this great, great diversity of, of those types of things. Uh, And it's and it's really great. And the other thing about this is you can travel this long distance. And it's all in the same country. So you don't have to deal with sort of immigration and customs and checking in and out of various different countries. Right. I mean, the Mediterranean is is I've never been there, but I I read about the Mediterranean is a great place to sail as well. But you're going from country to country and country to country. And if you're not from the EU, (laughs) then, you know, Going from country to country can sometimes be a hassle, uh, and as, as I have read, sometimes you know some countries are more above board than others when it comes to uh, how much it costs to enter the country, and often these countries have figured out that people who own boats are a good way to uh, raise a little extra money, and, and you actually have to get a permit to sail your boat in that country. So not only do you have to sort of you know have your papers in order as coming into the country as a person— but you have to pay a cruising fee for your boat. Well, the beauty of the East Coast United States, all one country. You don't have to deal with that, right? You just go and you don't have to check in or anything. So that's another sort of uh, thing that makes it really nice.
0: And language, right? It's all in English. So, you know, I know here I've done a little bit of boating on the Mediterranean in the south of France and um And, and yeah, it can be a little bit of a challenge when you don't parle français and the, you're trying to communicate with the people in the marina. And usually people speak English, but, um, but that can be a challenge, a whole other layer of challenge. It's part of the fun and the adventure of international travel, um, but it's also part of the hassle and learning the customs and how to go grocery shopping. Even grocery shopping is radically different when you go to a grocery store in Germany versus shopping in the U.S., yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's a nice way to travel, especially in COVID times when there's a lot of restrictions on international travel. I know there's still some tra- restrictions on state to state travel and for boaters, it can be a challenge, but you know, for the next few years, if people want to stay closer to the U S this is a nice way to do that. So yeah. I, I think there are definitely a lot of benefits.
1: Well, I had a chuckle when you say language because, um, it, it's all English, but the, the English in Northern Maine is very different than the English <laughs> In in South in Georgia. Atlanta in Georgia,
0: <laughs> right on the Georgia coast, yep, the it's Low all, Country.
1: So you know it's a it's sometimes I have a challenge understanding understanding what people are saying, but uh, again, like you said, it makes it part of the adventure. Uh, it's 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 really it's really nice, and you know a couple of other things I wanted to point out that that you can visit along the way, which I think are just great places. You know, so Boston's a great city, of course, New York City. Uh, you can go to Newport. Rhode Island, which is, you know, a uh, place where the America's Cup used to take uh, America's Cup is the big race that happened once every four years, sort of between United States and England. And then it expanded beyond that. And it took place in Newport for many, many, many years. Um, and, you know, it's it's the sailing capital of the United States. Uh, you can stop in Mystic Harbor, which is on Long Island Sound, which is just sort of a, a beautiful, historic uh, seafaring town. Uh, with old tall-masted ships there and wooden boats and things. Uh, uh, Atlantic City is very accessible from the water. Uh, there's docks right at the casinos, as you would imagine. So if you, if you like to throw the dice, uh, you can do that. Uh, you can stop at the Naval Academy, which is in Annapolis on the Chesapeake Bay.
0: Uh, and is- the old town there is beautiful, and there's oh, great yeah. restaurants. I mean, I've yeah. been on the land side, and I've been on a boat out in, in the harbor, Um, But Annapolis is a beautiful town and and, and, uh, definitely on on one of my uh, favorite cities along the eastern seaboard list. Absolutely.
1: With with just great
0: access from the
1: water. A lot of marinas they have. The city actually runs moorings down there that you can rent on a per nightly basis. They have a water taxi that will take you back and forth. Uh, It's really set up for boaters. Uh, It's super. Uh, And that's the other sailing capital of the United States. And the reason I bring that up is there's there's sort of this. uh, uh, Several. Debate between Annapolis and Newport about who's the sailing capital of the United States. Uh, There's another really cute town called Oriental, North Carolina, which is a a real cute little sailing town, uh, boating town. Uh, That's a great stop on your way down. Uh, And Charleston, uh, again, has great water access, is just a a classic, traditional southern city uh, that I really liked when we spent some time there. And, yeah, uh, great
0: food there. Shrimp and grits is the oh, classic yeah. uh, in Charleston, right? Yeah. But yeah, lots of great eating, in, great in Charleston. great restaurants,
1: and and there too, uh, uh, a lot of marinas. The city runs a marina there. They have a free taxi; will take you downtown. Uh, you know, a lot of these a lot of these cities and towns are embracing boaters uh, and 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 making it easy for them to stop there uh, to spend some dollars to get downtown and providing services and stuff. So it's a, a really great, a great, great trip.
0: Great. So Bella, what do you think? Should we
1: wrap it up? Yeah, I think that sounds good to me. I think we covered this pretty well.
0: Yeah, it's a great snapshot of the Atlantic coast. I learned a lot today. It's in, there's indeed a lot of diversity along the East Coast. Uh, you know, from north to south, there's there's it's a whole different look and feel as you travel on, in one direction or the other. But in a way that's accessible... Uh, Again, to all kinds of boaters, sailors, or uh, if you're in a motorboat, uh, you can do this. If you're in a pontoon boat, you could probably make this work. Uh, But I think it'd take you a long time, but it'd be pretty cool. Um, So yeah, I think this was great. Thanks for putting it together. Uh, Listeners, thanks for joining us. And uh, we hope you found this episode as interesting and thought-provoking as we did. If you have questions about what we discussed, uh, please get in touch with us. Our email is sailingtheeast, that's all one word, at gmail.com.
1: Yeah, so if you have any thoughts or ideas, uh, please send us an email. Uh, We always love to get your feedback and suggestions for other topics we might cover. Uh, And also, uh, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please do. Uh, It really helps. And what's better yet, if you like the podcast, write a review. Uh, That helps our rankings. It helps other people find us. Uh, And uh, tell a friend. So until next time, signing off from Upstate. See you, Mike.
0: That's great, Bayline And from over here in Münster, Germany, we'll see you next time.
1: Fair winds and calm seas to all.